Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Morning, Mateo. Good morning. <laughs> So, no BS podcast coming to you live from Favor Extravaganza, formerly known as Florida Alliance. I don't know, yeah. uh, Florida Verma, yeah, uh, but now Favor Extravaganza. We are joined. Uh, well, if you're watching a video, you're going to notice that. Um, well, this is not Mateo. So this is uh, interim Mateo, not as good looking, not no, as handsome not as as, as Mateo. Uh, but Will Slickers is joining us today. Thank you for joining us. But we are joined today uh, for a very special, shorter episode of No BS Short Term Rental Podcast, Season 3, Episode 12, Mr. Steve Trover of Better Talent. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate you joining us. We were talking before we started hitting record. We were talking about, you know, kind of, you're an OG here, like in the in the <laughs> space, you know, they like call me old. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am calling you old. You know, and kind of the joke that you know, I don't say the joke, but every, you're the white hat guy. But I mean, there's a lot more to to you, and and then also just then better talent. Well, I want to talk about that. Okay. But how the hell did you get into the space? Because you're a tech guy before, and then you like, how did you stumble into the industry? Yeah, sure. I actually wasn't a tech guy before I got into. You weren't okay. Uh, no, so now um, got into tech, and I'll talk about. We're straightening that, it but, out. Uh, we'll straighten this out. You know, like everybody, almost everyone in this industry. In fact, pretty much everybody fell into the industry. I did this because my um, my mother, when we moved to Florida in 1984, started selling real estate, and okay. she would sell homes here in the Orlando area. And when you work in the close to Disney area in real estate back then, and even today. You get a lot of people coming from other parts of the world that want to buy a vacation home. Back then, it was British people. In fact, for a long time, the vast majority of the vacation rentals in Orlando were right. owned by the British. We called it British Invasion 2.0 after, <laughs> after the Beatles. And, you, you know, they would come buy a single family home with a pool for 100K, which you couldn't buy a broom closet in London for that month. Right, so for sure. They, they were buying them in droves. And she would then refer them to a management company that they obviously needed once they bought the house. And... They, she just kept having challenges with those management companies. They weren't doing a good job for her clients. We've heard this story before. And I had started several businesses prior, none in the tech business up to that point, and thought, how hard can this thing be? Right. Well, 25 <laughs> years later, later <laughs> I can tell you it's pretty freaking hard. So, yeah, yeah uh, no question. And uh, started a very small, one property like most, and uh, decided pretty quickly that I really wanted to be a more of a marketing company. And... At one point in the first couple of years, we marketed all over the state of Florida. So we had dots on the map. And this is in 1999. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, when was this? 97 is when I started. Okay. So by 99, I had about 20 locations in Florida. I don't want to date you, but, you know, I did graduate high school in 96. Thank you for that. No, I was you. born in 95, so. Holy shit. Well, I'll date myself. <laughs> I turned 53 days ago. So oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm only a few years behind you. Yeah, so. you and then the baby here, M Mateo 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, got into that, into the marketing side. Um, back then, there was no consumer reviews. So it was really hard to find good operators because they really weren't incentivized to do a good job because there wasn't, you know, digital consumer reviews. And so we just decided, you know what, we're going to have to do this thing ourselves, started managing our own properties. And so right. 
that was around 2000, pretty close to that time, uh, developed a proprietary CMS content management system yep. for a website, kind of free the WordPress days, if you will, yeah. didn't have that to do. And, um, about 2001, two, we built the, a booking engine and this is a booking engine on a SaaS platform, which did not exist at that time. Right. And, uh, then we just started adding different components to that. That proprietary PMS system ultimately became LiveRose. So that's how right. I got into, and I was not a techie. I was like, I need a button here and I needed to do this. Right. <laughs> right. Ultimately, obviously <laughs> became more technically um, capable as that developed out. I was a chief strategy officer for that company for several years. Well, I mean, you have to hire smart people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like tech guys and gals, you know, they hire smart people. If like, you're going to get to points when you're developing tech and you're developing this asset, you're like, Hey, I want to hire people that are smarter than me and, and better than me at this, because if yeah. you don't, you're falling behind right from the beginning. I mean, you don't have to, you just have to be the idea guy you, and gal. You know, the fun thing about being a visionary is that's all you have to be. Yeah. If yeah. you find the right people around you. Now, if you don't, that's where the struggle happens. Right. So you're so, just telling me yesterday eos right like they got the executor you know and i'd love to tell you that i found that 25 <laughs> yeah. years ago i didn't um and you know we did components of it in my businesses and so kind of going back though launched the company which by the way was called all-star vacation homes and had that for 20 years scaled it from zero to 400 properties couple had, properties just a had, couple yeah we had the management company, we had a real estate company and for most of that time we only took on what we sold through our real estate company 2000-ish, we started at an interior design company uh, okay. called Beyond Furnishings. So we would sell the house, we would then furnish the home, we would then manage the property. So kind of vertical integration, started scaling the management side of the business. And we had, you know, a hundred employees at peak, uh, okay. pretty scaled. And uh, we ended up opening up in Captiva Island, Florida, yeah. in a location in Sun Valley. And then we bought a company in San Diego. So we were in four wow. locations. and. Up until about 2007, we were working with builders in this destination, which are primarily big box builders, like right. Colt, Lenar. And I was struggling because they would not build what we wanted, which was a high bedroom count home that also had all the components that you need for a visit. So, so you were at that time, and again, now, now give me an approximate date again, because there's been a lot of dates thrown around sure, here. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, 2000 and up until about 2000, 2008, right when they crashed. So, okay. So before, I mean, purpose-built wasn't really like terminology, especially for, for VR at that time. So right. like this is, you're, you're already thinking purpose-built stuff back then, but no one's really complying with your, your needs and your asks and your desires. We had one little community called Acadia Estates, and it was still a production home, but it was built by a custom home builder production okay. and scale. We were able to influence that. We called it guest influence design. So we okay. would go to the guest and design it in what they wanted. Um, we take out big, big, uh, walk-in closets, we right. got enough dining space, some of the real logical stuff. And then we got into the minutia, but even with Acadia, it wasn't quite, you know, ground up design. And so in 2008, we launched purpose-built vacation homes, right about the time nobody was building or developing anything. Was that actually the name? Purpose-built purpose -built vacation homes. Wow. I held that trademark for a lot of years. And so, wow. Yeah. And nice. now, now you hear it all over the internet. I know, it's kind of fun actually. So yeah. Our, you you probably should have kept that. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're okay with the industry going and running with stuff. So, um, but yeah, that was purpose built and we started designing these from the ground up. So we would do all of the architectural, we do all of the engineering, we involved in every, you know, surface pick. So I would bring my, my operations team in and we'd look at the flooring and the counters and everything. Right. We wanted it to be very easy to use. So intuitive. Right. You went into the home, you guys have stayed in the vacation room. Yeah. It was really technically challenging yeah. and I can't figure out anything. 
We wanted to do eradicate that. And we wanted to create spaces where every single inch of that property was utilized, that it was optimized, that it was optimized for guest experience, but it was also optimized for investment return. Right. Because the ultimate goal and the thing that I was really passionate about seeing happen was for uh, equity to come in as opposed to individual owners. Right. And the reason why is because we wanted to scale it and do it all over the country. Right. So it makes sense. It said, so there was purpose-built vacation homes, and then there was purpose-built communities, which is where we were going next. Right. I mean, and being here in, in Orlando at, you know, at the Florida favorite extravaganza, you know, you look around and there's so many purpose-built communities now that yeah. are, you know, this is the Mecca for purpose-built communities for the SDR and, you know, vacation rental world. You know, it's interesting to see, like, you know, I came into this space, you know, seven years ago, you know, as after the crash and everything's back up and it's booming and, you know, and it's been booming for years mm -hmm. and it's still, it's, it's night and day today. What it was when I was here seven years ago, it's like still, it's friggin' rocket. Yeah. And you know, it's all because of you. No, I'm no, 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 no. Well, no, and, and to be clear, I mean, short-term rental plan communities, which is a designation in Osceola County, that was probably the first county in the United States to have such a designation. Cause this goes back into like the eighties and nineties. Right. I didn't create. No, okay. I know. I'm just giving you the, know, I, purpose I, bill vacation homes. Yeah. I came up yeah. with the name and the concept and all that. And, but I just want to, you know, can I ask you just on the, on the 25 years kind of mm -hmm. like timeline for you, what was the, what's the biggest differentiator from back then to now? Like has the industry changed that much or is there a lot of similarities that you're still seeing from when you guys were operating and building purpose built communities and homes? Like is the overall fundamental still there? Let me tell you what it was like in 1997, Mateo. Um, <laughs> it, my first marketing plan, the number one thing that I wrote on my one page marketing plan in 1997 was classified advertising. Classified. I would go on to the Boston Globe, New York Times, not their website because they didn't have one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would buy an ad, a three-line ad, rent a vacation rental near Disney World, $85 a night. Yeah. That's serious. With a pool. With and a they would call me and I would send them a packet of information and wow. then they would call me back to book. And then they would have to fax me their rental contract. Fast. Wow. Yeah. That's how much. <laughs> so it changed a little bit. Yeah. Just a tad. Yeah. So in, in these 25 years, and we'll get into better talent here soon, but I want to talk about, you know, obviously we know how you came into the industry. We know, you know, a lot of the, your mark in the industry, but part of your mark in the industry was, was time at both here and in, you know, committees and membership and, you know, here. And at favor, but also you're in the board here, but also you were the vice president and the, both the president as well for VRMA. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what time frame was that? Like, you know, was it, you know, tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So late nineties, early 2000, I went to a central Florida property managers association uh, meeting, which is actually now rolled up into favor yeah. as a uh, Florida VRMA. And I didn't sit on my hands and I ended up on that board. Yeah. So, you know how that works, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's a local board. I, I'm on a few committees you, myself. You, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, you, if you don't sit on your hands, they'll, they'll volunteer you. Yeah. So, um, so I got into that and went from the Central Florida to Florida, which was this organization years ago. It was called Florida VRMA, like you mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, and I worked my way up and I was vice president of this organization. And when I was vice president, I was going to be president. Paul Hayes was president at the time. Yeah. And, um, and then I moved to VRMA and um, there was a whole takeover of VRMA. We had a, a challenging management company and we, we did this thing called Save VRMA and I ended up on the board of that. And then I ended up not sitting on my hands again. I was vice president. 
for three years and president for two. And, uh, I, you know, I absolutely loved my time there. It was a lot. I was on 14 boards and committees at one time. Right. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> and so 14, 14 at one time while running five companies. It was great. Yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. a lifetime of no. Yeah. I was, <laughs> was young and dumb. And, um, so, but, uh, I, you know, I'm super, super passionate about this industry. Yeah. So I wanted to get back to the industry. I wanted to see it grow. Back then you asked what's changed. Our biggest issue back then was not like government affairs or anything. It was just awareness. People did not really? know that you could rent a vacation rental near Disney. Wow. Right. It was the British did, but the Americans yeah. didn't. So we were really focused on raising awareness for a lot of years. That's awesome. But you know, changed so much. Oh yeah. Well, Airbnb yeah. and Verbo yeah. and all that really kind of elevated the, the yeah. industry. And I know a lot of people don't like those guys, but they, they definitely they did. massively impacted us for the better. Yeah. I mean, and now it's, you know, Airbnb is unfortunately, you know, for us here in the space, it's, it's like Kleenex is, I mean, tissues yeah. is to, or Kleenex is to tissues. It's, well, it was a necessary evil. And I don't want to say evil because I, you know, I'm working for Hopper yeah, sure, as, sure. as an OTA, but it's, it was necessary to springboard the industry in the right direction. And now I think, you know, there's been a, de definitely a decent amount of movement in to kind of take back the, the word of vacation rental. And, and I, we have a long way to go. Right. Um, you know, you know, I know working for Hopper, we are a distribution channel. We are one of many. Obviously, we would like people to use us, but we know we're going to use the other ones as well. Right. Um, but, you know, no one's going to, you know, ah, oh, I booked a Hopper. Well, uh, actually, uh, yeah. last night, actually, my brother-in-law goes, have you heard of this thing called Hopper? Because you should it's check this out. To get the name right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, We're getting there. Well, We're... I told him, I was like, well, uh, I actually know a guy. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about better talent. You know, I know you guys have been making some waves. And again, you, you talked, you just recently talked about, you know, couple minutes ago about giving back. Yeah. And I think that ultimately this comes back, you know, we're in a position where everyone's looking to hire. There's a talent, say, I wouldn't say shortage, but there, there is a need to, to point people in the right direction. There's a need to, to acquire the right talent. I know that you guys have a very a specific way of going ahead and categorizing, you know, can you tell us a little bit about better talent and what you guys are doing with that? Yeah. So, um, when I sold my companies, got out of, of being a manager and started recovering as a manager, uh, <laughs> you have to do that after you, uh, I, you know, Dude, any groups, you can be on the committee. Uh, <laughs> was I just, was I just voluntold? <laughs> so, you know, we're both prior military, you know, but we're, uh, you know, we're, we're voluntold a lot, but I also, yeah. I was also, um, having a family on, on the weekends, you know, they would tell us that we'd have mandatory fun, basically. Uh -huh. right. Like as you'd have to take your family and you'd have to get, it was just mandatory my fun. And my wife and I would look at each other, just eye roll like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> All right, yeah. sorry. No, no problem. I, I appreciate you. Adding to the population, taking away from the population, or waking up in a jail cell the next morning, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, started a consulting company about a little over five years ago. And the reason why I did that is I really wanted to spend time really thinking about what I wanted to do next. And I've started 15 companies over 32 years, and I didn't always do that. In fact, they never did that. I would just kind of get an idea and run with it. And it was vertically integrated, so it was fine. Well, that's a distraction. And it really wasn't all, you know, some of them are really glad I did and others maybe I shouldn't have done. So I really wanted to spend that time. And what I realized was when I looked back at everything I had done up to that point, um, there was a commonality between all the things that was a challenge and that was the people. It wasn't the tech, 
It wasn't the business model. It right. wasn't the vision. It wasn't those things. Those are all important components. But if I have all those things right and I don't have the right people, I'm not successful right. in any of those businesses. And so I looked at that and I looked at the fact that really nobody was doing anything about that in the space. And, you know, people have done recruiting in, in the vacation rental industry, obviously, but they were, weren't really doing anything to help the industry in that respect and to bring talent in, keep talent in. Right. Because right. a lot of people churn out of this industry and there's some really great talent that leave. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So need to could, keep that. Yeah. And then we need to bring really great people that are designed for the roles that we need. And so one of the things I found about 15 years ago was behavioral profiling and personality yep. testing. And so once I caught on to that, I never looked back. I wouldn't hire a babysitter without doing a personality profile. In fact, if the babysitter has my personality, they can't watch my kids. So, <laughs> you know, and so we, we um, started doing that years and years ago. It was very successful. And then we took that into what we were doing from a recruiting perspective. And about two and a half years ago, came up with the brand Better Talent with the intention of migrating towards a subscription-based um, talent acquisition company. And the reason why I wanted it to be subscription-based, which is super unique in, in the recruiting world, if you will, most recruiters charge a percentage of the salary. Right. At 20, 30%. Most yeah, of the time. It, and it gets up there. Yeah, I mean, especially, really especially where salaries are for the right talent today. It's, yeah. you know. Exactly. As you guys know, that's pretty steep for this industry. You know, yeah. Most people don't want to pay, say, $50,000 for a $150,000 general manager of a, right. you know, that's a lot of money to spend. Not that, that they're not a value, but. You know, so, e even if you're, you know, putting in the, you know, you've done the behavioral things and you've done all these things, it's still, there's still always a chance to churn. And if you're going to go ahead and you're going to pay 50 grand to, for someone that's at a hundred, like yeah. shit. I mean, that's yeah. no one in their right mind. The, the other thing I fine. saw that was um, a problem with the recruiting model is that um, they make money when you hire. And my view is, is that I want you to choose who you hire. I want to give you a lot more data around that individual, but I don't want to sell you on hiring an, a, a, a person. Right. And our team does not sell applicants. We, yeah. we present them, we give you a lot more information than you might get on your own, but we definitely don't sell them because we're not incentivized by a hire. Right. We're the, just paid on a subscription basis. And so the model is, is more aligned with the management company. Um, the other thing that, that happens when you, you, you think about a recruiter is they're trying to sell you on hiring because right. they, the more you hire, the more they make. Well, that may not be the right thing for a management company. They may not need a full-time employee. They may need a part-timer, a contractor, a VA, or even a consultant. And so in our scenario, we help you with all of those things in a cohesive fashion so that we're getting you to the most optimal people stack, which I call right. that another term I'm trying to get traction with. People hey, stack. You have a tech people stack, stack. you have a people, people stack. stack, right? So there you go. TM. You optimize your people stack. Yeah, okay, <laughs> um, on the works. But yeah, no, so that's kind of better talent today. And we've got 150 clients around the country, most of which are VRMs, some of which are suppliers. Right. My question for that is, you know, what is your... What's your track record? Like, what is your, you know, KPI? Like, where are you at? Like, how many people have you placed that haven't churned? Like, or, or the caveat to that, how many of you, like, what have you messed up on? Have you placed someone that was bad? You know, um, I don't know that there are all that many truly bad people. There are bad placements because they're a bad fit. They could be a bad fit from a personality profile. Right. And I, and I definitely didn't mean bad people, sure, but, I but I meant in a more of a fit, work. like, like, like work. Yeah. Like you made this an, a good, an educated assumption and so did it, but you know, for whatever reason, 
mm-hmm. it still didn't work. Because my yeah. assumption is that it's not a, obviously there's not, nothing's a hundred percent accurate yeah. with that kind of stuff. Well, to be perfectly clear and non-avoidant, um, we have some data around that. We're collecting data. We're two and a half years old. The subscription model went live eight months ago. Right. So it's early stage. Most right. of the people we place, I'd say 98% are still in their job. Right. right? So, um, at so, 10 months. At 10 right, months. Right, right. Yeah. Which right. is so, good. Yeah, I mean, trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially in today's day yeah. and age, right? And so we do personality testing, so we make sure they're a good fit. Cognitive testing, make sure they can learn, you know, things quickly but also really encourage our clients to really focus on their interviews on cultural fit. Right. Um, so because once you have somebody's resume, their behavioral, their cognitive, really culture is what matters. That's when they usually churn is when there's just like, they're not aligning for whatever reason. The other thing I think we've messed up on, um, early on is we work with some companies that, you know, didn't have a good culture. And so today, you know, we really care about who we work with because we don't just care about the companies in this space, yeah. we care about the talent. Right. We like really, I, I don't want to hire for somebody no, any more than I would want to uh, build management contracts for a company that's doing a terrible yeah. job at management, right. right? So we really want to work with clients that want to really build a great cohesive team and do great things. And um, so that matters to us. Well, can I ask him, does a talent have the opportunity to interview the IRE or the employer um, in order to see if that's a good culture fit? I feel like that would be something really hard to like streamline, right? Like that's got to be some kind of challenge. Yeah. I mean, our process is pretty simple. The first thing we do is take them through the personality test. We match that to the role. Yeah. We then look at their resume, their application. Um. We then do a video where we have the person just record an intro. Okay. It's like your virtual business card. Right. It's a single question. It's not an interview. Super simple. It just gives you an opportunity to kind of give your pitch, right, on why you might be great for a housekeeping manager role or general manager or whatever the role is, right? We then um, look at all of those components, make sure it's a good match for that particular client. If so, we send it to the client. The client then decides when they're going to interview the person. And that's when gotcha. it's a two-way interview. We, yeah. we coach our clients on that. And most of them already view it like that way, right? Yeah. It's a two-way street. You've got to. Oh, and, really gotta, and we're in a position as, you know, as someone that, you know, is looking for a job today, like you're in the driver's seat, you know, you as, really as, as someone looking, you know, the economy and, and we're just the, the landscape of where, where talent is and where we're, you know, the, they're, talent and real estate are about the same right now. It is definitely a seller's market. Right. Well, so for talent's sure. in charge, just like the seller's in charge, changing a little bit in real estate now, but um, it, it may change with talent again. And it, that happens. But here's the thing. We are not making enough boobies in this country. And so the replacement value is right at about net two. Yeah. A couple only gets two, has two kids on average. And the problem with that is, is we just don't have enough new people coming in. Immigration's broken. And so we, right. we do have a talent shortage. Yeah, for sure. We truly do. You millennials aren't making enough kids. Well, it's really um, transparent. <clears throat> I'm a Gen X. Okay. I'm, I'm 44. Okay. Okay. Uh, so okay. I, I you look younger than you. Okay, about. boomer. <laughs> oh, that, didn't work. No, that, that's what my kids would say to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, uh, but it's, it's pretty damn expensive to have kids. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm fine with uh right out about a million dollars per kid. Yeah, yeah. Not good. I'm yeah, about good. four mil right now. So 
I'm good. Yeah, I have four kids. You have four kids? Yeah, yeah. four kids. Well, hey, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. You know, That's the problem. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're the reason of the talent show. Come on, Mateo, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, we we truly appreciate you joining us. I, you know, this has been a uh, a pretty cool in person, no BS. If there's a, a property manager or anyone in this space or anyone in general that's looking for talent, how do they go ahead and get a hold of you? You know, what's what's the process? What's the steps? Absolutely. So bettertalent.com is our website. Okay. Um, you can actually book a time with me on the website. You do meet with me first and foremost. We have 12 people on our team, but I meet every client at the beginning. Uh, I want to look at, you know, what you're looking for. It may be a specific hire or maybe it's your complete and total you know, organizational chart, your people your stack, people stack. work on right. that, yeah, people stack, people TM. stack. You can uh, email me at Steve at Better Talent if you like. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Steve Trover on LinkedIn. Um, love and engaging with people there. So we'll Awesome. Well, place. we'll make sure to put all those links on the website okay. as well. And they'll be also be in on, uh, you know, all the description of the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast and you haven't gone ahead and and giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review, please do so. It helps us out tremendously. Uh, big shout out to Will for, for having me jump up here. I love being part of the Hospitality FM family. I'm not, uh, I don't know who Will is. But I mean, Mateo, Mateo, but it was uh, a temporary thing today. And uh, again, awesome. Glad you were joining us. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it very much. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.